welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Salette. And we're excited to be back with you for another episode of this podcast where we read and review a paranormal romance novel and then uh, talk some silly shit about it. Yes, we <laughs> like to things. talk silly shit about all sorts of stuff. But before we get to do all that, I've got a quickie for you. All right. Okay. So what is your favorite 420 activity in the Mile High City? Oh, in the Mile High City. <laughs> <laughs> On 420 specifically or just um, just the activities around it? I guess it? maybe just the activities around it because I already know. On 420, I avoid people in a hide in yes, house. Yes, I was going to say. it's like I don't want to be a part of any <laughs> of this. I don't want to be in a park. I don't want to be outside. Although, to be fair, I was somehow sneakily convinced one year to go to a EDM concert at Beta on 420, <laughs> which was a Friday night. And I don't know how I managed that one. That's you- <laughs> not my normal behavior. And anyone who is from the area knows about Beta and that it's no longer open because they got shut down for illegal activities. Uh, illegal shit. <laughs> and that's not your scene. And a dance. Yeah. Yeah. Electronic dance music. Uh-huh. EDM <laughs> concert on like... On 420. Oh. What is my favorite? Something you enjoy doing that's... Well, see, I am very new to attempting to get back. Or uh, Okay. Long story short, <laughs> <laughs> I tried 420 related items occasionally twice, I think, a total of two or three times in my youth back when it was still illegal. And mm-hmm. it was a mess about it because like illegality is not strong in my uh, in, in my yes. nature yes it's two straight arrows i know exactly what you're talking about yeah so i was more freaked out every time about the fact i was smoking pot than i and it was illegal and so i just got really paranoid and scared and i didn't like it it wasn't you know it never helped me do anything it never felt good to me mm-hmm. um so i stopped and just never did it again and even once it became legal i was like eh, yeah well, i got alcohol who the fuck needs that shit <laughs> I also don't want to smoke is the thing. Mm -hmm. I've recently tried. Well, I've been doing more CBD lately, which isn't I know it's not the the high part of (laughs) of pot, but I do Mm -hmm. like CBD a lot. And I think it does help with like anxieties and stuff. And Mm -hmm. and I give it to my dog like crazy, especially (laughs) now, especially now moment in time during during the 4th of July week when there's fireworks and stuff. But I have tried edibles and I find them better than than smoking and Maybe it's the new strains, the fact that it's legal, the fact that other people buy it for me and share it with me. (laughs) All of that combined to have a much better experience now in my 40s than I ever had when I was like 20 and trying it. Yeah. yeah. Teenager and trying it. So I don't know. I don't really have an answer directly. But yeah, that's a long winded one. (laughs) No, that's okay. I don't really have an answer for that. So neither. I, I too was very hesitant about doing any type of illegal activities, especially if it involved, you know, any type of like drugs or marijuana or anything like that. Mine was two part. One was because it was illegal and I didn't want to get caught too. I was just afraid of the unknown. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how my body was going to react. I didn't know what I was going to do or the people that were around me were going to do. I have no idea. So just being afraid in general of the unknown was why I didn't. I didn't partake. But the first time I tried pot, I I had no idea how to even really do it because I didn't know how to smoke really. Like I had to be taught how to smoke in order to actually Hmm. ingest it, you know, consume it the correct way to get the effects. 
So I don't have a favorite 420 activity except for staying at home inside my house, <laughs> like maybe specifically on 420. But even when there's like pot involved anywhere, um, I don't like the way it smells. I don't like. No, it stinks. It's very stinky. I don't like the way it tastes. I don't I don't really like how it affects me personally. It doesn't make me feel good. But that's not to say that I want to take that right from anybody else. If you want to do it, cool. Just do it safely and, you know, make sure the people around you are safe and that they're OK. But, you know, if you want to partake, great. But for me, I'm just not it's not like it's not my thing. So mm-hmm. that is yeah. a pot from pot. two introverted straight arrows. <laughs> there you go. That's our opinions story. from people who don't have opinions <laughs> about it. Great topic of conversation. <laughs> we're the people you should not come to for mm-hmm. any discussion of drugs. But we're going to have a whole episode where we talk about drugs. You today. know, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and we get to do that because it was in our book. And we like that. It was. And it was a fun book. So let's get into it. So we read Alpha Attacked by Eve Longley. This is the first book of the Big City Lichens. It was narrated by Juniper Young. And it's been a while since we've done Eve. We miss Eve. Eve's one of our faves. We do miss Eve. Um, I enjoyed this book. I think it's a little bit different from some of our past Mm -hmm. Eve books. It's a little darker, grittier. It's not as funny. Yes, not as Um, funny. The characters in past Eve books are a lot more like dry humor like mm-hmm. silliness and this is not that but this is still good and fun so we meet Maeve she is a doctor at a local hospital this is in Canada too which I also appreciate because I know yeah. Eve's Canadian but I like books taking place in other places it's fun yeah um so she's at a city hospital and gunshot wound victim comes in five bullet holes you know a sixth graze and there's no anesthesiologist and there's no drugs to give him <laughs> to help with this. But, you know, they're all in the chest. And she's like, well, this is definitely how people die. I have to start getting the you know bullets out and trying to like work on him. And I don't have the time to wait for a, an anesthesiologist. He's he's passed out at the moment. And so she starts digging things out of his body, bullets out of his bullet wounds <laughs> yeah. specifically. And he wakes up and he's like, hey, and she's like, oh, no, here, well, let's just wait for the uh, lidocaine and shit to show up. And he's like, no, I don't have time for that. Just keep taking the bullets out. It's fine. I'll be okay. You're good. And they have a whole little like argument because she's like fucking druggy because she assumes he's like obviously on high on something because he's Uh handling pain very well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so she continues to she pulls all the bullets out of him and then she wants to stitch him up and he's all like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go now. And he like pieces out of the hospital. Um, and she's just like, well, that was weird and not great because like you have to report gunshot victims and all this other shit. And, and she assumes he's just going to go and probably bleed out somewhere and end up back in the hospital. And she's like, well, I yeah. can't stop him if he wants to leave. He's also like a lot bigger than her. And she was alone at that point. A lot of weird things happen that don't happen in hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this doesn't sound right. Maybe that's <laughs> but how Ottawa hospitals are. We they know. just like a, a perfect storm of coincidences happened <laughs> to allow her to be alone in an operating slash like emergency room with a gunshot victim who woke up and didn't care that he was having bullets pulled right. out of his body. Right. And then he ran away. And then a big dog ran through the um, emergency room. Emergency room. Like the, the <laughs> waiting, waiting room, room or something. <laughs> 
And naturally, you know, people don't connect the dots. But basically, as you guys know, as we know, because we read these books, he's a wolf, obviously. He's a wolf shifter. (laughs) So this is Griffin. He runs the local pack. They are also pot dealers because pot is legal now. So they have a legitimate pot store um, and they are in the process of laundering their pre-legitimate money (laughs) from when they were (laughs) pot dealers during the criminalized version. (laughs) And so he's got a whole pack of, you know, guys and they you know hang out they do they'll each have their roles hot store stuff yes but he shows up and he's like guys i was just shot on the street and obviously someone's encroaching on our territory and in a very very like old school mob way but also like during the drug wars gang violence way but also like now legitimate pot dealer violence way i mean it's such a weird you know (laughs) all these things are kind of overlapping they, they're like, we got to figure this out. We're going to go after the guys who shot you, blah, 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 blah. They're, so they're investigating on their own. Maeve, you know, leaves the hospital and gets like a, a detective shows up and is like, hey, let's talk about that one case about the person who ran away after getting <laughs> bullets mm-hmm. removed. And, and it turns out he's also a wolf. He, he, you know, one of the detectives is a wolf, but he doesn't tell her anything. But she's like, I don't know anything. He left and now I don't care and I can't fix anything. And then she gets accosted <laughs> by some people who claim she has a box that they want. Mm-hmm. And she says, I don't. And they go, yes, you do give it to me and they and she's like i can't i don't have it and she gets walked out by security okay all these things keep happening then somebody breaks into her house and they get scared away and the police come and they say hey it must have just been you know a drug person trying to get money and she's like this Mm -hmm. is all of this is too weird and too coincidental oh by the way there was a box on her doorstep when she got home or it showed up right after she got home or something like that whatever so and it is a box from her father who she never knew because he left when she was like before she was two Mm -hmm. and it's just a bunch of pictures and of her and some pictures of him and her her mother and just like proving you know her life basically and that he had followed her throughout her life and then there's also this weird binder at the bottom of the box with all this stuff in it that she doesn't know what it means (laughs) so she just naturally hides the box in the basement Griffin shows up again. He's like, hey, so people keep trying to get to you and you need to take more care because obviously this is tied to your father and da 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 And he's, she's like, I don't care. I don't have anything to do with my father. I don't know why would anyone would bother me about it. <laughs> so situations keep escalating. People keep trying to get to her. He keeps stopping them. He's also definitely interested in her by this point. He's like, oh, hmm. yeah. And she's noticed that because he was naked at the time, he has a very nice body. So she's also like, "Mm, I wouldn't mind that, I guess. I just can't believe he's stalking me. Um, So he shows up. He chases off a bunch of would-be homewreckers again and homebreakers. And then they have passionate fight on the porch where she tells him to leave her alone. And he's like, no, I have to protect you. And she's like, that's great. Come in here and kiss me. And so they did. And then they had sex. Lots and lots and lots of sex. And then she left again because she's like, well, at least I got him out of my system now. That was a one night thing and I can just like move on. And he's uh-huh. like, what do you want for dinner? And she's like, I'm not having dinner not with that. you. We can't have dinner. <laughs> this is not the way this works. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, long story short, they have to find out like there's another pack it actually is her cousin. So he, supposedly he killed her dad, who was the alpha of a group Different in Toronto, pack. right? I think Toronto. So, yeah. And he, he kills her father and, uh, and tries to take over control of the pack. The pack doesn't believe him because he, he claims it was done. There's like, no body. Traditionally. Yeah. 
<laughs> like mm-hmm. he won the he won the alpha fight, but really he just shot his uncle and threw him in the river or in the water or something in the lake. And so nobody follows him. So now he he creates a whole new pack of newly turned wolves because he wants this binder. Apparently, it's a basically a grimoire for wolves. We don't know. We still don't know. Even by the end of the book, we still don't know what that means. But it's important and he wants it. And it's his family legacy as far as he's concerned because women can't inherit the gene. So they shouldn't be given power like this book. Right. And Griffin helps, you know, save her a lot. She still gets kidnapped at one point. He goes in and rescues her. Turns out her dad's not dead. They do kill her cousin, I think. Does he die? Does he? Maybe not. Doesn't he? I I don't know. Why can't I remember if he died? The battle scene at the end was very confusing to me. So I don't know what all happened. It was actually so confusing that I didn't realize that Ted was there until later. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I think you're right. I think he does die. For the moment, things seem to have gone the right way. Everybody's... She almost dies. Yes. Yes. She gets shot. She gets shot. She almost dies. This -hmm. is why it was very confusing. And I don't know what happened with the wolves because I was like, oh, my God, she got shot. And um, her nurse friend helps give her a blood transfusion from her father, uh, even though, again, they didn't know that they were the right type. I mean, obviously, the wolf No, she was just taking a word for it. And they were like, you want her to die? She's like, well, if you're the wrong type, she's definitely going to die. Definitely going to die. But that's okay. We'll just do it anyway. We'll do it. The whole wolf thing seemed to, I guess help with that uh, i don't know anyway uh they're they're happy together griffin and, and Maeve move in she quits her job at the hospital opens up her own clinic her own practice. private practice mm-hmm. and then he uh, proposes yes and that's the end that's the epilogue of the the book oh and they get married and then we get a glimpse of her best friend having sex with um, with, <laughs> with, with one the, of the wolves at the very end of the book. Also, she's the only one that knows they're all wolves. Maeve does not. Yeah, Brandy knows, and Maeve has no idea, and she just married one. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. But uh, and it seems as if, at least for the moment, the other pack is either dead or gone, or just not around. And since her father isn't actually dead, he can go back to being alpha of his pack. Yeah, there are lots of open-ended points of this. Obviously, it goes on and probably on and on and and on. (laughs) Probably a couple of books in the series. But the cool thing about this version of Wolves is that like, it takes on a whole different, a bunch of different tropes, actually, or different takes on the traditional tropes. So like here, the wolves are bitten, they're created, they're not born, they only pass through males and not all of the males who are bitten make it through. This is one of the first, if not the first time, we've had a main character not be told or is not aware that their mate or that their person is a supernatural yeah. character or creature. <laughs> so she has no idea about wolves. In past books, we've had moments where sometimes the relationship develops first. Yeah. Oh, that was like just the last book we read. Rhiannon Hartley's um, yes. big shifter shifter business. Mm-hmm. Because he started sleeping with her and had a relationship with her before he told her he was a, well, because he never told her he was a jaguar. She found out because um, yeah, he thought he was going to get rid of it, right? And yep. like that was a big piece of the book was like the lie. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've had that in other books where they found out afterwards and been like, "When were you ever going to tell me?" Da 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 da. You took away my choices. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> uh, but in this book, it's just not done. No. Non-humans do not get to know about, or humans do not get to know. About about the supernatural the supernatural except for and brandy they expressed yes 
like expressly hinted that sometimes they kill humans who find out about them. Yeah. And that if people tell their spouses or not even spouses, but if they if you tell your like your girlfriend and then you break up, they have to like kill her. And I'm like, well, that sucks. <laughs> That's not cool. Like so uncool. <laughs> That's way uncool. So it's very interesting to have. Yeah. She does not know that he is a werewolf. And Mm-mm. She really just thinks he is a pot dealer, but mm-hmm. also kind of a mob boss. Yeah, they keep, she keeps referring to him as a mob boss. As like the mafia, a mob yeah. boss. And then she does find out basically he is a vigilante because we also, I didn't mention it, but they tend to kill people who they don't like. They're like, well, they, they very specifically say they kill like bad people. Bad people. Like rapists and you know Mm -hmm. murderers and 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 people who are like i don't know sounds like people who steal purses and like cars and i was like i'm sorry that's not a capital offense who gets you the right to kill that person but they're keeping the neighborhood clean of crime quote quote hint hint not really (laughs) they're just choosing who lives and who dies and at first she was like no that's not cool and then she's like yeah i'm on board for it it's fine and i'm like whoa (laughs) (laughs) he's got a nice dick i'm totally on board i mean it sounds like his apartment is very cool. <laughs> his apartment does seem really cool. And it's right on top of work. It's so right he doesn't over have to work. commute very far. He's saving on gas. Honestly, these two characters have like my favorite names. Like I love the name Maeve. It's one of my favorites. I like Maeve too. And Griffin is such a good name. And I'm just like, well, I'm in because I just love these names. I just like the names. No, I'm I'm with you on that. I do. I like I like Maeve's name a little bit more than I like Griff- Griffin is. Reminds me of a Griffin. Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah, that's why it's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a wolf, so I got confused. He's but a wolf. I'm good. I'm good now. And I mean, by the end, everything is, is, is still open. So we still have a lot to learn about the pack and the... <laughs> The history. I I do like this too because I was just like at first when I was listening to this, I'm like, are these poor werewolves? I mean, they're not because they're drug dealers. <laughs> they're not, but they are slightly less. It, like it doesn't. It seems like they had to work for this. They this do is not work. History of like saving centuries and centuries of money. You know no, what I mean? Exactly. Because it doesn't feel like they have long elongated lifespans. Right. They mm-hmm. didn't mention anything like that. So I'm guessing that Mm-mm. they still just. They're hustling. Uh, they hustle. They hustle. And they they're used to be criminals, workers. but then pot became legal. Right. So now they're right. just like not that kind of criminal anymore. But right. people do disappear around there. Just, you know, you they know. happen to be quote unquote bad people. The- <laughs> yeah. I mean, we only obviously get to meet Griffin in the beginning, but we'll get to meet the rest of his his uh, clan a little bit later, especially knowing that Brandy is involved. I think it's super interesting that after claiming that they kill people for even just knowing about the wolves, that they're keeping Brandy around. I think... <laughs> you know what I mean? The only thing I can think is that if they killed her, Maeve would be like, what happened to my friend? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it has to be between that and... Also, having a doctor and a nurse kind of in the fold is a really good thing when you're actually kind of live outside the law and can't go to the doctors I when you get shot. Because, like, she, she proved very helpful at the end there by saving. When she saved Maeve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With her nurse skills. 
So I guess that because she just was like, I won't tell anyone. And they were like, that's an acceptable response. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Jesus. Everybody was just taking everybody's word at the end. I was like, that's such a Canadian thing to do. It's so Canadian. (laughs) They're like, we're just cool. Are you sure? You promise? All right. I know. I I I believe you. (laughs) You guys literally live beyond the law. And you're like, just cool with her being like, yeah, I swear I won't say anything. We're the same blood type. I promise. I'm her father. Like if I I can't. Well, I don't know if the boys can take my blood or if I can. Like, I don't know. I don't think I'm a universal donor, but we don't have the same blood types, Mm -hmm. which is very rare for a mother not to have the same blood types as their children. We I have completely different blood type than the boys do. They have dance, actually. I would have to be like, um, no, but I am their mother, I promise. <laughs> Take my word for it. <laughs> yeah, I guess just because he's a wolf, it'll be fine. But she's not a wolf. I, It's super strange. So, yeah, going back to like the piece where they aren't born. So they're completely created by bites, but they uh-huh. kind of try to control who they bite. And then because of that, and if a mating ever occurs between a human and a werewolf, it kills the woman. Mm -hmm. They all try to, like, if they're, so uh, if a man has a son, he raises the son and then encourages him to go and have any kids he may want before he becomes a werewolf. Right. And then once he's satisfied, has whatever kids he's going to have, then his dad will bite him. They'll bite him. And yes. turn him into a wolf. Because and he now may or may he not can live. join the wolf pack as <laughs> yeah. a full-blown wolf and then raise his kids until they become old enough to have their own kids and then become wolves. And I'm like, this is intense. <laughs> it's so different. And there's all of these women out there who are either raising kids with people who they don't know are wolves or raising mm-hmm. them on their own. Because it sounded kind of like that's what Maeve's mom did. Like, it sounded like he left. Yeah. Yes. And went and became, obviously became a wolf then. He hadn't Mm -hmm. been one before. Mm -hmm. He went and became one. And then she just was mad because he had left and pretended like he wasn't helping her. But in reality, they have the proof that he had paid for Maeve's everything all along. Everything. Mm -hmm. And the whole time her mom had told her that, you know, she had no support. That he was deadbeat. He was a deadbeat dad. He didn't support her at all. But Mm -hmm. that isn't true. And I'm just like, this is all very complicated. (laughs) I well, think and we then, need Jerry Springer to investigate. Oh, totally. This. Because then there was like Griffin's story, whose mom was rejecting him. Right. But he, you know, because you're not born a wolf. <laughs> no, he wasn't a wolf yet. But he was. She was mad at the dad, obviously. Yes, because they had stayed together, I guess, and she yeah. had found out he was a wolf, and then she was upset. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God. and so that's why Griffin actually never had kids and right. became a wolf anyway he went and actually got a vasectomy as a young kid, boy <laughs> a young man once yep. you're old enough and then had his dad turn him because he's like i'm not having kids because that didn't work out i was mm-hmm. like that does sound like it wouldn't work out very well most of the no, time sure. <laughs> i don't know how you get to still be in your kid's life yeah and hiding think- the secret from the moms yeah, it was super. Mm, that family dynamics for both of them was definitely Jerry Springer worthy. Because <laughs> then, then of course, things like what happened with her dad is he had a daughter. Now, right. in the werewolf world, that doesn't mean shit because you can't turn your daughter. They, they put won't a value become, in the male life. They won't become wolves. Mm-hmm. 
They don't make the and pack stronger. It they obviously, don't... he didn't try to have more kids before he got turned. Mm-hmm. He just was like, well, I have a daughter. <laughs> and I, I gotta go now. And I'm just I'm like, this whole thing is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we're like reading into it too much because that's what we do. But no, I think, no, there isn't too much to read into. This is what was given to us. <laughs> it is. No, it is what was given to us. But I'm wondering if maybe it wasn't meant to be this complicated. Oh, we were, I see what we're you're just saying. Like, we're, we're taking cr- it and going further than she intended. <laughs> yeah. so it was just supposed to be a thing. It's just a cute little book. And we're like, He's yeah. like, that is not right at all, you dimwits. <laughs> there has to be no. a better way. <laughs> well, there's there's an intricate piece of that as far as understanding the lineage of, of how the werewolf families and, and all of that and how they're created. But I think the most important part is when they fuck after arguing. Um <laughs> Because that was sexy as hell. Yeah, that's true. And that was when... So I guess at this point, Maeve does find out that Griffin's been like around and protecting her, even though she's like, get off my lawn! Yeah, she does. <laughs> like, literally <laughs> tell him to get off her lawn. And he's, and he's like, like, go back inside, honey. Honey. I will take care of this. <laughs> I did like... Like, honey, it's just a typical pet name, right? It's just yeah. something... Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I really liked it when Griffin called her honey. Oh, really? Because you hate pet names. Oh, I do. I don't like, well, I don't like sweetheart. That's the one I hate the most. Uh, Sweetheart is condescending. Yeah, totally. And sometimes I feel like honey is too. But I really liked this one. I don't know why. I just, I just really liked it. And he just, he referred to her as honey the entire time. And like it was very, er, like one of his very, yeah, pretty early on. He's like, it's okay, honey. Go to sleep, honey. And she's yeah. like, who, why are you, co- we yeah. don't know each other. We've she's literally like, talked like for a total of five minutes. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> you don't get to call me honey. Uh, it's pretty good. And then like five minutes later, she's making out and fucking him on our stairs so you know yeah. oh yeah it's one of those typical moments where they're arguing after he kills somebody yes typical um well, I don't and think then he, he killed those guys he just made them go away oh they didn't die no he killed the first intruder yes well no she, he didn't even kill him well no he kidnapped him and then he jumped out of the moving That's, car over he a killed bridge. himself so right. he killed himself but um she doesn't know that because she doesn't no. know he was in the house for that one right because he was sleeping under her bed because he is actually super creepy (laughs) no that's super creepy i was just thinking i was like damn she would figure me out in a second because i snore like (laughs) i snore crazy i just i'm like the underneath of my bed is so full of shit like you're not getting under there that's where i store stuff i have no underneath of my bed there's none (laughs) yeah fucking who do you think you are roll under my bed sleep there (laughs) also i'm just like i really honestly this is the scene i thought was gonna happen because i would have really liked it Uh is she gets you know she he see like he knows this her come in oh because we get to talk about the thing we want to talk about so she had accidentally shown up at his pot store this is before Mm. she knew anything else besides she had treated him the day before but she was Uh having trouble sleeping she'd been threatened once already and showed up at his pot store and he was like, oh, she's she came to find me or she knows who I am or she's investigating me or something. Um, but really, she just went and bought pot. She went and <laughs> bought a vape. And so then she's smoking it outside. And he, that's when he kind of sneaks into her house and is checking on shit and ends up under her bed when she comes back inside. And he's like, oh, shit, I can't get out. And she gets in bed, you know, she changes, you know, puts on pajamas, gets in bed. Mm-hmm. And this is what I thought was going to happen. I thought all of a sudden there's going to be like, zzz, 
<laughs> that's what I was waiting for that too. And she's tossing and turning and can't like you know like a really long time. I'm like, okay, open that side drawer and pull it on out. I was I waiting just, for it. I wanted that scene. I wanted him hiding under the bed, unbeknownst yes. to her, listening to her masturbate. Yeah, and then her just like maybe breathlessly go, oh, Griffin. Griffin? <laughs> Even though never once in any of my life have I mentioned a name while masturbating or even said any words. No, who? No, I don't even like talking when there's a real person there. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to myself when I'm the only one there. (laughs) Um, But that would have been funny. And I was really hoping that happened. It didn't happen. And I was like, damn it. Me too. I was told that was the perfect opportunity for that to happen. Especially like her smoking a little bit of pot. Mm-hmm. Finally relaxing. Finally relaxing. A nice good orgasm before bed will put you mm-hmm. right to sleep. Yes. I mean. <laughs> we don't need to be modest here. Let's just fucking vibrate our uh, way through stress. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Get you right right to sleep. It'll yes. Every time. So I just wanted that and it didn't happen. It didn't. It didn't happen. But their first interaction with the sex was pretty hot. It happened in, I mean, like the doorway of her house pretty much after she yelled at him and told him to leave. And then she's just like, fuck it, and jumped on him and started eating his face. Well, they made a (laughs) lot of sexual innuendos about like how good he was at sex and... (laughs) He said that a lot and stuff like that. He did. She's like, well, that's because you're a man whore and he didn't deny it. And then she like made out. Yeah. She's like, well, this will work for me for now. (laughs) And then. (laughs) And they had like tons of sex. Like so much sex. She's like, I've never had wall sex before. And that was the first time. And, you know, condom, 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 which was really great. Well, Mm. condom the first time always. Never mentioned again. Like. Yeah, it was. Well, the next first. Okay. So the like it's mentioned their first time during that round right i mean we okay. have to assume the next couple times but like they had shower sex they had sex in the morning mm-hmm, and the condoms mm-hmm. don't get mentioned there and i'm always like there was one time where like they had just woke it up and he like slipped it and i was like how do you get yeah, a condom he turned on her so around. or like he, he got into the shower with her you know and like i was like did you have one on before you got in the shower or what that like, was the morning yeah that was the morning after the first time yeah so yeah, no, they you're right. did always okay. mention condoms whenever they had sex for the first time that day. <laughs> like, or, you know, like, in the that, morning. that first time that encounter. So, like, they fought, <laughs> they step into the house, and then she's like, do you have a condom? And he does. And they, you know, she yeah. puts it on. Or, like, the next time they had sex when um, she had been, like, kind of kidnapped, and he was going to be, like, a cool gentleman about it and not try to fuck her. Yes. And she's yes. like, when are we going to fuck? She's like, no, that's cool. And Where, then he, so your he, dick? Yeah. He put on a condom the first time then, too. But then things escalate and they have sex like four or five times in an evening. It's just it isn't the condom. And you just have to assume, I guess, they always have it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be mentioned every single time. But there were a couple moments where I was just like, well, I think especially in the shower. Yeah. And because also like doesn't that make condoms less effective anyway? But I mean, she's he's he's fixed. So it would only be for. It's just so that disease control. Because I don't think he for disease control, and I don't know that he ever. I mean, he doesn't tell her really. No, anything, anything at all, or any truth at all. So she doesn't know he's (laughs) had his (laughs) his tubes cut or his balls or whatever. She doesn't know about his vasectomy. So. Uh, 
But she's a doctor, so I guess she has access to all kinds of tests if she needs them. She can figure things out from there. She has the options and access. It's all good. <laughs> but no, they have good steamy sex. Um, I love when sometimes you just want the explicit words to be like explicit words. And yeah. like there was one where she's like, I took the fat head of his dick. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Like honey. no, you know, <laughs> euphemisms, no, no like sugar coating, shaft any of this. or other words. The to, it's of just his the penis. It's, it's the fat head, fat head of, of his dick. dick. Absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes you just need it. Yeah, yeah. You just need to hear it. You just need, you need to, to hear read it. it. You need to experience it. Mm-hmm. You just need the fat head of. The you dick. just need to because I mean. I think we're pretty good about using our imaginations anyway, but if it's given to us like that, we don't need to. There it is. Big fat head of a purple dick. There it is. Because <laughs> you know it's colored a little. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's a dick. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> No, I like that. <laughs> My favorite scene, though, I think was the shower scene because she, you know, like they'd, they'd welcome. him. She's like, I got to get ready to go to work. So she sneaks out of bed and goes to take a shower. Or I guess she doesn't really sneak. She just gets up and goes. Well, she's trying to kind of like avoid discussing it because she's still in her mind thing. going one night stand. One time only. This is just to get it out of my system. She also has lived a very sheltered and kind of, I would say, prudish life, probably. Yeah. It sounded like she hadn't even dated really lately. Um, yeah, I mean, if she's not pulling anything out of the drawer, she's yeah. definitely prudish. <laughs> and so I think she was just like, okay, well, that was my one night stand. I gave it a shot and now I'm going to go to work. It's cool. Real yeah, and now I got to go. Yeah. And then he just c- slips into the shower after just just like it's a normal fucking morning. And just everything is so cool and calm with this dude. And mm-hmm. I I enjoy it. I, I really do. He's he's pompous and really full of himself. But I do actually like Griffin. I know. <laughs> I kept thinking the same thing. I kept going, this is not the kind of guy I want to like. But I mm-hmm. like him anyway. Because yes. yes. he did say dumbass shit about like his prowess with shit and i hate that i hate yeah. pompous like boastful cocky. men yeah. cocky assholes but he just really like wanted to take care of her too in a weird yeah, way he really but he did. also like let her leave when she was upset about shit even though she literally got kidnapped five minutes later <laughs> he still well, let it happen thing. he was just like he, i can't hold you against she, your will that's exactly what it was it was that he was like okay i know she's independent and i need to take care of her though but I can't hold her here if she wants to leave. And I mean, he did, but I, I think he did the right thing. Oh, I think though... so too. Cause he did put one of his guys, he was supposed to, he was yes. being tailored, tail, tailed by one of his men. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. just that the, you know, the like fire alarm thing happened. Her... And then like, yeah. the man he put on her wasn't a very, I guess, very good at tailing two women. <laughs> and he lost I them. Forgot. That that guy was even there. Yeah. And then he's like, there was a fire alarm and they were all in the street and I lost her. That's like, the that's, smoke screen, that's moron. Dumb. Now you pay closer attention when there's a fucking fire alarm in the one building she's in. That is what, uh, obviously, why the fire and alarm went off. Brandy saved the fucking day. Yeah, she did. Brandy's awesome. She handled that whole situation so coolly and she, you know, faked, like, they didn't even worry about her phone. They only cared about Maeve's phone. And so she made a call to the detective guy? Yes. Yeah. I forgot and what like, his name was. And like made sure that she told him exactly where she was going and where they were all heading. 
Yep. <laughs> everything. Brandy and was on like, point. Brandy like saved every. I was like, I can't wait for next book because it's Brandy's book and it's going to be real good. She's more I... of a typical um, Eve character, I think. Yes. yes I think she's so too. kind of like funny and like and loud sassy. and sassy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I yeah. think so she's much more of a typical Eve character. And so it's going to be interesting watching her try to lock down uh, Detective Gruff in like. Yeah. Because I'm sure he's going to be like, no, I didn't mean for this to happen. <laughs> She's all like, when did I adopt a dog? Oh, I love that. <laughs> so good. Was I that drunk? Was I that high? That would not be my reaction to waking up with what is obviously a wolf in your bed following yeah. being at a werewolf wedding. But uh, Following and knowing that there are werewolves. Yeah. I mean, now you're also holding that from I think that's a bad situation to put her in because now she's holding that from Maeve. They but... just need to tell Maeve. And I wish they, they had told Maeve and everybody would have known and then it would have been fine. It would have been all good. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I'm down for that story. That one sounds a lot of fun, too. <laughs> uh, but it's those shower scenes, even though in real life it's not They're cool, the worst. They're just, so good to read. So fucking hot when you listen. Because or you're not actively getting sprayed in the face no. with water or trying to figure <laughs> yes. out how to maneuver in a very small space with two people. Yeah, two bodies, especially one of them being so big. He's not a little dude. No, and then and every shower has like weird things that jut out of the wall. They're not comfortable. You couldn't be backed up against most of the walls of my shower because like no, this is where the faucet is. This is where you know the soap <laughs> dish is, and like things would the poke floor you. could be slippery oh, and terrible. Just, like no, none of it is. Uh, you know, just it's shampoo not, bottles falling but, all over the but place. But in fiction, they're perfect. Because everything works just the way it's supposed to. It's just the right amount of slickness. Yes. And wetness. The steam is just and right. And the nothing water is. water is just right. You're not too cold or too hot or anything. It's all perfect. And that's the way we love reading the scenes. Yes. They're perfect. Because he has the perfect suction cups underneath his feet to hold her up <laughs> against the wall. Just. <laughs> it's all perfect. Just so perfect. <sighs> Good sex. Good the, the sex. Shower sex. The sex written, I think, I liked, is on par with Eve. Yes. Oh, it's it's very good. Yeah. I liked mm-hmm. he like the part where I think it was, it's in his apartment. And I think they're on the couch. And he just like <laughs> goes Starts down. her out. Yes. <laughs> I fucking love a good just eating like, out scene. They're like, movie time. Oh, hello. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Just so good. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, hey, let's do our, our kiss and tell. Okay. All right. So we started this episode about pot and we're going to end it with pot. Because <laughs> these are pot dealers. These are pot dealers, guys. So, you know, pot. Maeve spoke some pot. She goes to a pot shop, buys some pot, does the pot and experiences pot. So our kiss and tell for this episode is about pot <laughs> and our like any fun adventures or whatever stories mm-hmm. we want to tell dealing with pot. And, you know, I, I think being, what, the second state in the country? I don't remember our illegal? order, but pretty second, third or something We're like one that. Of the f- one of the one first. Of the making it legal, yeah. Making it legal, right. Just recreational pot. Because I think, yes, like, we've definitely done medicinal sooner, but so at other states. But, yeah. We were yeah. one of the first to go recreational, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, recently I've tried again. 
um, I decided I wanted to try an edible. And I had <laughs> my partner who is much more into pot and has been his whole life than I've ever been. Into pot. <laughs> I was like, what should I try? And so he got me an edible of an indica, which I guess there's two kinds. <laughs> this is how okay. little I know about pot. <laughs> I have gleaned this much information and it's going to be like 90% wrong. <laughs> but there's Sweet. two sativa and indica and one is Mm -hmm. more like silly giggle high and one is more like crash go to sleep high okay and indica i think is this like sleepy one and that's the one he got me okay so i did (laughs) i did like a a 10 milligram i want to say i don't know an edible at his house and then just like had the best sleep i've ever (laughs) out out well not exactly out but it was just really relaxing and like okay you know we fooled around we had a little sex it was i was just like i honestly don't care go for it (laughs) but don't expect a whole lot of input from me on this Uh, point (laughs) this one's not going to be reciprocal sorry nope this is a dead log (laughs) (laughs) but you know i'm not saying no just saying i can't move (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just saying have at it buddy no you want me to roll over all right push me uh, but you're okay. gonna have to do that dead log like i said dead log. <laughs> like i didn't know words anymore it was really hard oh, to think it was wow. funny because i was like wow but i liked it and i would do it again i decided it was nice i especially did like because then i did fall asleep and didn't even notice until like three in the morning when all of a sudden I woke up. I think that must have been when it kind of wore off. Okay. Um, and normally I like just I'm aware of time all night because I don't sleep yeah. that well. So I was just like, oh, that was like so many hours. <laughs> I'm rejuvenated. So I did like that. But it isn't something I want to do like a lot of because sure. of how like I was just like, uh, pass out. <laughs> so it's definitely not going to become like an all the time kind of thing. But like occasionally when I'm like, I don't care, I'm going to pass out for a while. Yeah, sure. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Well, good. I'm glad your experience with it was good enough that you're willing to try it again. I do think and I don't know, but I have a suspicion and I could be wrong. You know how people who do a lot of pot, their eyes are always red and like dry and dry mouth is a thing. Mm, You've sure. heard that. You've heard the rumors. I have heard people that, mentioned yes. it in, in comedies uh-huh. about pot on TV. Uh-huh. I am pretty sure it also dries out um, other lubricants. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, that was a little rougher than normal. And I don't think oh. it was due to like, you know, he gave it his all and the getting me <laughs> you know excited you know, prepped and prepped and ready up, right but i yeah. just feel like i wasn't as wet as i normally am and i have to think i mean it could be something else but i, I think it's because you were just I relaxed and ready to sleep maybe maybe it was that or maybe part because like yeah it, it gives people cotton mouth and like red mm-hmm. eyes so maybe it does dry out some of your natural <laughs> moisture lubricants <laughs> I'm saying. Just a thought. I don't know. Somebody who's no. much more prolific in this might have a different opinion and say that I was actually wetter than normal, but I didn't think so, personally. <laughs> I, I, and it's my body, so I know. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you get to talk about that experience, and that's how you see that. <laughs> if that's how you perceive it, that's how it happened, I know. Dude. So That would be one thing I'd think about for the next time, would be additional lube or just not sure. having sex on it. <laughs> just being like, meh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and be like... You know, maybe, maybe not so much, but just here, here's a packet of lube. Try this. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a really long time to try pot. 
mostly mainly because like we said earlier it was illegal so I didn't want to try it but Mm -hmm. even since then I've done it every once in a while I tried sativa so knowing that indica and sativa are two (laughs) forms of what did you say they were? Strains? I don't know. Strain? Okay. Strains of pot? Yeah, something. Strains of pot. They're two versions. They do different things. That shit it absolutely gets you silly. And the entire time that I tried it, this was years and years and years and years ago, it felt like somebody was pushing me over. Like, I just couldn't stand straight. <laughs> <laughs> and it was making me laugh so much because I was like, why do I keep falling over? I could not for the life of me mm-hmm. stand. And that was just sativa. But of course, I've I've smoked joints and I've done uh, hookahs. Is that what they're called? Sure. I don't know what they're called. Sure. It's a thing. I, a I'm not a, a pot user, obviously, <laughs> either. So I mean, it doesn't have to be pot. People also smoke just tobacco and hookah. So see, that's how much I don't know about it. No. <laughs> I thought it was only a pot thing. Mm. But I have also tried, as far as edibles go, I think it was a quarter of a tesuriel type of thing. Mm-hmm. And my my sister and I took a, a whole half. So we split. So she had a quarter. I had a quarter. And it was fun at first. I mean, you were there. Mm-hmm. You experienced it. You saw me go silly, crazy. And then you saw me go fucking sick as shit. Like mm-hmm. almost within like, what, two hours maybe? I was silly for the first hour. I couldn't stop laughing. My sister and I were playing Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. And we were just in this world of our own just laughing about the dumbest shit and it was a lot of fun I remember that uh, it was it was just so funny then it turned into full-blown sickness and I was throwing up and having an exorcist moment mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't I didn't appreciate that and after that I have never done pot since mm-hmm. then yeah. that was the last time I've ever done pot well before the boys were born and I just have had no desire to do it. I just, I haven't smoked. I haven't, like, now when I smell it, I get sort of, I guess, a PTSD. I don't know what it is, but I just, I won't partake anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not, if anybody else wants to do it, cool. You guys have fun, be safe. But it's just not for me. It's not one of my, one of yeah. my things. Yeah. And I remember that night and I was like, oh, well, fuck <laughs> edibles. And then what, <laughs> however many years later, like, that's how long it took. Because I hadn't tried one ever. And I, because I, because of that story and then a couple other people's stories and also working at the museum I witnessed a Mm. lot of -of Mm out-of-towners who would come here and get high or do edibles and think that they like one they would forget about our altitude as an issue also and they wouldn't be hydrated and they would do an edible and then they'd be like ah I'm gonna go to the museum which don't I don't understand anyway (laughs) like that's not fun but and then they would like pass out in the museum uh, and like their person with them would be like, oh, they had like two edibles this morning. And I'm like, well, that felt dumb. You know, so I'd see enough like <laughs> incidents and hear enough of like people having bad experiences or like taking one, not feeling it, taking another, then being too sick. You yeah. know, so and like and even witnessing you with just a quarter, I was like, oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to have that experience. So I was very nervous to try it. But then, you know, hearing from friends about like the different things and what one does and what the other one does and try Mm -hmm. this kind Mm -hmm. and not that kind and I decide I also think they've come a long way since you did edibles I would say so too and I think you probably were with somebody who knew more about it than than the person who gave it to me Mm -hmm. because I would never trust this person ever ever again (laughs) with anything that has anything to do with my life so (laughs) 
I, I, yeah, no, he. I think he's led us astray for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I was like very clear that I wanted to try it in a safe, calm environment first before I like gave it a shot anywhere else. And now having done at least done the indica, I'm like, well, that is definitely not the kind of pot to do and then go anywhere. Right. <laughs> like, that's the kind of pot to do and then take a nap. So I could see doing that. I might eventually get up to trying a sativa, but again, I'd do it sometime when I knew I'd be safe and like protected the whole time. So if I was like off the walls. I think the thing that I don't like about or that I've never been as interested in is for casual person and someone who isn't used to it, it feels so much more extreme than just like having a drink or two. Like I don't mind having like one or two drinks and I'm still exactly myself. Just Mm -hmm. maybe a little of the edge has been like kind of worn off. But I never feel like pot does that. It goes like so far real fast where like you said, you could not stand up. Like you Mm -hmm. did not understand how you couldn't stand up. And I'm like, I don't Mm -hmm. ever want to be out of control to the point where I don't think I can stand, you know? Especially in an environment. I think it's important that you say that. So like if you ever get to a place where you do want to try it, yeah, make sure you are in a place where you don't, you aren't going to freak out if you just fall over, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I was at a friend's house and I trusted that friend. When I tried sativa mm-hmm. and they kept me in a bedroom because they're like, dude, you're going to fall down the stairs and break every bone in your body. You're going to have to stay right here. You can't move until this shit wears off. <laughs> and I was like, OK. And I just kept like standing up and falling back over and standing up and falling back over. And I was just laughing the entire time. And then eventually I was just tired of it. I was like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Why do I keep falling over? And it was hours before it wore off. And I just was I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. That's sound fun at all nope yeah <laughs> but that's from two non-experienced pop people so you know take anything yeah. we say with a grain of salt <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> but i think there's a flip side to the whole legalization and it's kind of in this book a little bit not as much as it should be but they were obviously criminals who were engaged in the drug trade beforehand and they were able to legalize their business once mm-hmm. pot became legal and that's good for them i guess <laughs> at least in this world in <laughs> their fictional world for right right it yes. works for them that's not been the case in legalization across our country we find that um, a lot of the states where legalization has happened there definitely is like a consolidation of the business among already wealthy white people who weren't Mm -hmm. impacted by the previous criminalization of the drug. You know, people who had the most impact over the years that pot was illegal, people of color, minorities, low income, folks who were locked up for years. And we haven't done a lot around reducing those sentences or you know, freeing people, turning them over. Like there was that federal push a little or that plan that actually it was under Trump's presidency where they did release some federal uh, low level pot convictions, but only mm-hmm. from the federal prisons because they don't you know, have the authority to do it out of the state. And the state is where most people are. And I think the states that have gone legal haven't done enough to make this a socially equitable situation by, you know, expunging those records Uh, releasing people who are still in prison for, you know, marijuana charges after it's become legal in the state. Colorado has made an attempt. They created something called social equity marijuana rules where there are a certain number of licenses, pot licenses, 
held back for people who have had negative impacts from the drug wars, the war mm-hmm. on drugs, to allow them to get into the business. That's the whole idea. So that, you know, if people who have been arrested on cannabis charges who are earning low income earners or from low economic areas of, of the city of the state, they can get these special social equity licenses to have pot stores or, you know, dis- to operate the distributed, business. what are they called? Dist- dispensaries. But they didn't do this at the beginning. This wasn't in place when they when Colorado first went legal. This has been come in place in the last few years. And there's a lot of discussion about how it's being implemented and if it's actually doing the thing it's supposed to do, which is to help uh-huh. people increase, you know, especially minority ownership of uh, dispensaries and increase that. And it really isn't. It's being manipulated by people who already are in the business, who already have all of the money, the capital. And there's an article from Westward that I'm going to link to. It's actually an op-ed, so it's not just a factual article, but it's kind of like an opinion piece about Mm -hmm. how it might have been a good idea what Colorado's trying to do, but it isn't working. And there needs to be there's a loophole here that needs to be fixed so that we can actually make sure that people who were negatively impacted under the drug war, the war on drugs, gets that, like, has that access to benefit from this new economy that people mm-hmm. are have been benefiting from. But again, mostly the rich white people who are just like, cool, but look, it's another, finding- it's another way for me to, you know, step in and make money and something that for years was demonized and criminalized and put a lot of people of black and brown skin in jail mm-hmm. and still does to this day. So oh yeah, it's not a nice like, oh, it's illegal now. Everything's fine and dandy because it's not. There's a lot mm-hmm. of places to improve the system and make it better. Because right now we really are creating kind of little marijuana cartels in Colorado. Like there's a handful that, that operate most of the dispensaries and yeah. Uh, it's highly skewed. Mm-hmm. So we just thought we'd talk about that and I could say some things about how <laughs> <laughs> unjust yeah. the whole system is. And yeah. Well, there you go. And that's an op-ed from Westward, you said? Westward? Yeah, it's on westward.com. It's called Colorado Social Equity Marijuana Rules Serve Big Business. And it's by Sarah Woodson from April 16th, 2022. Um, And Westward, for those of you not in Colorado, is one of our local, like, newspapers, local Mm -hmm. source of independent news and culture. (laughs) Yep, yep. So it has good reporting. I like it. Yeah, awesome. We'll get that up for our fun fuck fact for this episode. Yeah. All right. Yay. But yeah, but in the meantime, pot's still cool. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. It is fine. Just like everything. Just like everything. Responsibly. That's the thing. Don't be a dick about it. Don't be a dick about anything. Yeah. If you're not a dick about things, you're cool. Yeah. I mean, these were very morally gray characters. I mean, not Maeve. Maeve wasn't. But the werewolves definitely are a lot more morally gray than... I mean, I think vampires in some of our books have been. They definitely Mm -hmm. abide by their own rules in a way. But this one was a little bit different, a little bit darker than we usually deal with. At least that we've gotten from Eve. Yeah. And from a lot of our books, I'd say. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. The sex was good. I thought it was super hot. I love the term. On, on on the typical tropes and some of the things that she introduced with not letting the main character know that her partner is a werewolf. I think that's the most interesting part. So oh, 
I would be so pissed. I'm sorry. I wouldn't handle it. And and they ended up married by the end of they're the book. They're married. Like now they're there's like there's a deeper tie than just being with somebody. Like because now she has to go through a whole divorce if she wants to. <laughs> here's the thing. Lying implies you think I'm too stupid to figure out the truth. And she kept questioning him on a lot of things like mm-hmm. how did you heal so fast how because like literally two days later he didn't have gunshot wounds he had scars like yeah that's not how human bodies work and she's a fucking nope. doctor and she knows that and so yes. she should have pushed a little hard like she did get i think a little bit sex drunk where she allowed him to get away with <laughs> that's like, and, true. And, and as soon as she put the term mob boss on it she explained away a whole lot of shit as him mm-hmm. being a mob boss and not as if he was a supernatural being. She literally witnessed a fight with wolves. Yeah, At the she end, saw the wolves. when she got shot, <laughs> there were wolves everywhere fighting each other. And then she woke up from her, you know, gunshot wound and, and getting healed. And she was like, oh, I really had a weird interpretation of the fight. Yes. I thought yes. I saw wolves. How strange is that? And I'm like, no. And so, it, so. To me, when somebody lies to you on this scale, they are telling you you're an idiot. To me, that's how I interpret lying. Like, And I'm not an idiot. And so I take that more seriously than anything. Like someone being like, yeah. I think you're stupid and I can get away with telling you this bullshit. And yeah. it's the fastest way to erode trust. And it won't necessarily result in any kind of big giant fight or anything like my ex, you know, pretty much a notorious liar. Like, he, like he doesn't tell the truth. And it isn't that it's, it's one of those situations where it's not like it is lies, but it's like I just he just doesn't want to be honest and say no, I didn't do that thing or like you right, know, right. It's always like oh yeah, it's this a childish other thing. like mentality. It, I, and I think it's a trauma response. I, I honestly think he's mm. been with people or had experiences where saying you forgot or saying you didn't do something resulted in probably big fights or big drama mm-hmm. and big, mm-hmm. you know, that he'd rather avoid. Defense so mechanism. instead, a quote unquote white lie about why something didn't happen or how something happened became his default. And so he still does that, even though at no right. point in our relationship would I ever like, I don't, you know, like, I don't care. Anyway, okay. uh, but as yeah. soon as I like, had like concrete proof of those like I was just like oh I can't believe anything out of your mouth (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's fine I just now have adjusted my expectations to not believe you because you don't tell the truth exactly um and I'm not an idiot so I just won't Mm -hmm. even ask because I know you're gonna probably lie about something so I no longer am gonna engage with you about these things or ask questions about stuff that will give you the opportunity to tell me a bullshit lie yeah, it, it takes away the trust that you have instilled in them for so long. And it's like this relationship they built, it developed so quickly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, how do you ask somebody to marry them and not give them your full self? No. Uh, whenever that comes along, I hope Maeve fights for that. And after all the shit with her father being an absentee father for 37 yeah. years of her life and then showing up and wanting a relationship, he also is hiding the fact that he's a wolf. Yes. I just feel like these guys suck. Like, I mean, yeah. we just talked about how much we actually liked Griffin, and I do really like Griffin. And then I then I think about this shit, and I'm like, yeah. ah, no. <laughs> it's always those things. It's just it, it's that it's the lying part, obviously, and lying is big. We can't say that it's not, and the cocky part. But there are other parts of him that I do love. So, <laughs> yeah, I just it's a it's a it's a vicious circle because you it's like confusing guys. you like him and then you don't like him and then you, you don't, don't like, like him, him and then oh, you yeah. don't like him and it just sucks. But it's great, and I want to read the next book. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. Well done. Morally ambiguous. <laughs> Thank you. Characters that I am attracted to. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's what pulls us back in. So do we want to rate then while we're here? Sure. Okay. What do you um, think? I think book's like a seven, the sex is like an eight. I concur, actually. I think that's perfect. I do. Although, I mean, like, I I think you could talk me into uh, an eight overall just because of the fact that she's like, I'm not going to tell Maeve yet. Maeve does not get to know. And we haven't had that yet. That's We've true. never had one that's been totally, completely in the dark. And I think it's really intriguing. It is intriguing. I do think especially with, like, her continued friendship with Brandy, Brandy who does know, it's just uh-huh. so crazy. And there's no yeah. way she doesn't find out in the next book, right? And that she's, like, fucking pissed at everybody. She's going to burn shit down. <sighs> I hope yeah. so. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited. It'll be good. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a good book. I think it's fun. We love Eve Longley's books. So, you yeah, know, I wasn't surprised to enjoy this. I do like a little bit of a darker, grittier version. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the seedy underside to Ontario, right? You know, Ottawa. <laughs> uh, Ottawa, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. She gives it like she like she's meant to. So appreciate it. I'll introduce our next book and then you can give us a little bit more details about it since you've already sort of had experiences with it. So for our next book, guys, we're going to read Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. It's book one of the Empyrean. And actually, I didn't write down the narrator. Um, It's somebody that is a person who has a name. (laughs) That is an accurate statement about the narrator. It's not AI. It could be AI. I don't think it is, though. It's uh, Rebecca Solar and Teddy Hamilton. Oh, two. Well, technically two. Teddy is at the uh, end of the book. uh, You don't. It's it's Rebecca Solar until the very very end, and then it's Teddy. But um, okay. So anyone in the book world will recognize the name of this book. Fourth Wing has blown up all over Bookstagram, Book Talk. It has been the talk of the town for months. I mean, we're recording this at the very beginning of July. The book came out in March, May, came out in May and blew up almost immediately, instantaneously. And I read it in June. And as soon as I finished the book, I was like, we have to read this book for the podcast. (laughs) I'm so excited. It is much longer than the books we normally read. And it is a full blown high fantasy. So we have to do the whole like world building and everything that we don't normally do in some of our shorter books. But there's a lot of really great stuff in this book, especially along representation lines and really good places for us to have detailed like discussions where we haven't had in a while. And I'm really excited to get into that. And I loved it. I mean, seriously, couldn't stop. I got it from the library and I was like done within a day and I was just like that was such a good book and I was like say let we have to read this so (laughs) I'm reading it again just because I have to and it's so good and I can't wait to share it with you guys and again if you're in any of the book world you will have seen or heard about this book because it is like especially if you're at all tangentially fantasy interested because this has been a huge book for the past couple months so so hopefully you want to come listen to our opinions about it and we never yeah. have done a book this fast, and especially a book this big, like this big and popular, 
mm-hmm. this soon. Um, like we haven't touched any of the Akatar series, um, A Court of Thorn and Roses by Sarah J. Moss or any of the other series that are really like huge. We usually kind of leave those alone and just do our own little thing. But I want to get into this book. <laughs> we had to do this one. Yeah. And I love high fantasy. I'm a big fan of it. So I'm so excited. Totally down for this. So, yeah, join us for next time, guys, for Fourth Wing. Yeah, and we will see you then. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on social media at Books. That's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And in all those places, it is sh with three H's. And you can visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and most places that you could find podcasts. If you guys can go there and rate, review, subscribe, that would be much appreciated. Thank you, Jim Townsend, for the music. And with that, we will say goodnight. This is Selat. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Selat. Be sure to tune in to the next episode for some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.